Hi, everyone. Brian Sussman here, The Brian Sussman Show, Faith, Family, Freedom. I've got a barn burner of a show for you today. We're talking about the antithesis of faith, family, and freedom. The antithesis. So faith, no atheism. Family, no a redefinition of the family. And freedom, not like the founders intended. I'm talking about communism. Something more akin to Marx and Lenin. Where am I going with this? Well, I'm not going to Cooksville. I'm not going to Conspiracyville. I'm going to the World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum. Who are these people? And what do they want with us? Uh, the World Economic Forum are the, the highbrow people of the planet. The World Economic Forum are the rich and the famous, not famous like Hollywood, but just people that um, have high net worths and lots of influence at the highest levels of society around the world. And they include some of the big corporations. The World Economic Forum's been around for a long time, and they've been planning since 2008 something called the Great Reset. Now, if there were ever something that I would pin on the devil himself, I would say it's this Great Reset. We've been talking about faith, not fear, in the new year. If you were to look at what's going on with the World Economic Forum, uh, it could it could cause one to become fearful really quick. But I have faith because I know, (laughs) let's put it this way. I've read the book (laughs) and I know how it ends and we're going to be okay. But before you think I'm going into conspiracy theoryville, let me just go to the World Economic Forum website, weforum.com. You can find it for yourself. I'm reading something here about the COVID-19 crisis. And they're saying, as we enter a unique window of opportunity to shape the recovery from the COVID-19 crisis, as we enter a unique window of opportunity to shape the recovery, this initiative, this initiative will offer insights to help inform all those determining the future state of global relations the direction of national economies, the priorities of societies, the nature of business models, and the management of a global commons. Drawing from the vision and vast expertise of the leaders engaged across the forum's communities, the Great Reset Initiative has a set of dimensions to build a new societal contract that honors the dignity of every human being. Let me tell you something about the people at the very top of the heap here at the World Economic Forum. In many ways, they're no different than Karl Marx. Karl Marx looked at people as incapable of determining their own future. He, he looked at people as, well, here's how he viewed life. There, was, there is no God in the eyes of Karl Marx. It was just we're all born with a brain. And some people have a better brain than others. And those who have the better brain have some kind of responsibility to the rest of the planet. Otherwise, those with the lesser brain will destroy the planet and kill one another. So they need to be controlled. Those with the lesser brain, like you and me, according to Marx, would need to be controlled. 
would need to be controlled. That's the World Economic Forum. These people see us as incapable of running our own lives, let alone running countries. And therefore, we need to be controlled. Now, let me continue here. Because there are a lot of conspiracy theories about the World Economic Forum, but I'm not going there. I'm, I'm not going there. I'm just going to talk about the Great Reset. And I'm going to talk, hopefully, in plain language, and hopefully in a very reasonable manner, because I want you to know about this. It's a corporate takeover. The Great Reset is a corporate takeover of global governance that's going to affect everything from our food to our data, to, yes, even our health and vaccines. The Great Reset is the global elite's plan to instate a communist world order. I'll repeat that. It's the global elite's plan to establish, instate a communist world order by abolishing private property while using COVID-19 to solve everything from overpopulation to our food situation to basically enslaving what remains of humanity. The plan from which the Great Reset originated was called the Global Redesign Initiative. I told you it was drafted in 2008. Why 2008? Well, you see, these people that want to change society at large need a crisis. It's just like it's just like in politics, a crisis is needed. It's just like what the Democrats, I believe, in Washington D.C. needed. They needed a crisis. January sixth was their crisis. Now we could argue whether or not the whole thing was planned and staged or not, but they needed a crisis and they juiced that and jacked it up and stretched it and pulled everything they could out of it, including wrapping barbed wire around the Capitol building. That was a crisis because they wanted to show America and the world that these Republicans, these conservatives are crazy people and they can't be trusted. Look what they did. Look what they did. They tried to tear down the Capitol. Oh, it's as bad as 9-11. Oh, it's as bad as as World, as World War II. Well, th these are some of the parallels you'll see coming from Nancy Pelosi and her crew. They need a crisis. 2008, World Economic Forum and these bigwoods needed a crisis. Well, there was an economic downturn, a big-time downturn. That was their crisis. And they put together a 600-page report on transforming global governance didn't have a lot to do with the economy. It had everything to do with global governance. So who, who are these people? Well, they describe themselves as governmental stakeholders, although most of them are non-governmental people altogether. They're stakeholders. The World Economic Forum, they're best known for their meeting of high net, in, net worth individuals in, in places like Davos, Switzerland. And they describe themselves as an international organization for public-private cooperation. And who are their non-governmental stakeholders? Well, they include some big ones like uh, Saudi Aramco, the oil company, Shell, the oil company, Chevron and BP, the oil companies, uh, the food company, Unilever, Coca-Cola, Nestle, 
Facebook, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and <clears throat> the pharmaceuticals, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Moderna, they're all part of the World Economic Forum. These are the people that really and truly believe they should be in charge of the planet. Not we, the people of the United States and our government. Oh, we would have some sort of little say to manage things on this little piece of the earth. But by and large, everything important would come from them, the World Economic Forum. So in the multi-stakeholder model of global governance, you have to understand this. Corporations are promoted to being official stakeholders in global decision-making. Like I just said, governments would be relegated to being one of the many stakeholders, but the corporations would be the main stakeholders. Governments would have a backseat role. Okay, you guys, you guys manage your infrastructure in the United States. Okay, just take care of that. Collect your taxes. To take care of that little piece of the earth. But in terms of the big decisions affecting everybody on the planet, including you guys, it's going to be us. Governments take a backseat role. Civil societies, we know, it's just kind of a window dressing. It would be the corporations running the show. So that's a portion of the Great Reset. There are also some magic words that a lot of these uh, highfalutin people use. Stakeholder capitalism is one. Stakeholder capitalism. It's a concept from the World Economic Forum and Chairman uh, Klaus Schwab. He's been talking about this for decades. Stakeholder capitalism. Cap cap capitalism. The idea is that global capitalism should be transformed so that corporations no longer focus solely on serving shareholders, you know, the people that own stock, but become custodians of society by creating value for customers, suppliers, employees, communities, and other stakeholders. So the idea of stakeholder capitalism, and you got to kind of bust through the rhetoric, it sounds... It sounds interesting until you dig deeper and realize that this actually means giving corporations enormous power on this planet, power over society. So more power to the corporations and less to the democratic institutions. And don't you kind of get your, don't you kind of get a feel for that now? I mean, look at the power that big tech has over speech. It's incredible. I mean, I, I was asking you yesterday in the last podcast, podcast number 100, I was saying, can you, can you guys help me out? Can you put the word out about this podcast? Because I don't have a voice. I've been cut off from Facebook. I've been cut off from Twitter. My YouTube channel has been throttled like nobody's business. Um, my Instagram channel is pathetic. I need your help to get the word out about these podcasts. This is what big tech has done to little old me, a guy who had a radio show in San Francisco, just down the street from Twitter, a radio show in San Francisco, just up highway 101 from Facebook. But enough about me. <laughs> Multi-stakeholderism. 
multi-stakeholderism. Again, the system which countries and corporations would supposedly work together to achieve common goals. Now, one would say, wait a second, I thought we had the UN. Isn't the UN supposed to be working with all the countries for common goals? The UN, even even the WF realizes the UN is worthless. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could basically just chop off half the United Nations building and no one would ever know. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely worthless. But the World Economic Forum's vision of multi-stakeholder governance entails sidelining the governments and putting unelected stakeholders, mainly corporations, in that place when it comes to global decision-making. Okay, I've said this like three times already. I just want you to know, governments out, corporations in. Corporations in. And they'll... At the end of the day, they have plans for food systems. They have plans for how big tech is governed. They have plans for vaccines and medicine and how those things are distributed. They've had summits on food systems. And they kind of lose me in the woods, but the bottom line is this. I mean, think about this. Right now... 3.9 billion people, they say, more than half the world's population, is currently battling some sort of hunger and malnutrition. There is plenty of food on this planet to feed everyone. Why is that? Why is that? Is that something they like? Is Is that a way to keep people under their thumb? I mean, these are questions that I think are worthy of asking. Another landmark development of stakeholder capitalism can be found in big tech. They had uh, the United Nations called for a formation of a new strategic and empowered multi-stakeholder high-level body. Gosh, the rhetoric these people spit out at the U.S. just makes makes your head spin. But they, they put together a roadmap for digital cooperation, as they called it. So what does that even mean? Well, they want big tech to be a part of a global body to govern itself. In other words, forget free speech. Forget what people in the United States and its constitution has to say about free speech. You guys can govern yourself. Govern yourself. So they want to institutionalize these companies so that they can resist effective regulation in various countries and therefore allow them to have increasing power over governments and multilateral organizations of all sorts. That could mean avoiding taxes altogether, and certainly that means avoiding free speech altogether. And then there's something called COVAX, C-O-V-A-X, COVAX, COVAX. COVAX is the World Economic Forum initiative to accelerate the development and manufacture of COVID-19 vaccines. So the World Economic Forum wants to be the body that does this. They want to accelerate development and manufacturing of the COVID-19 vaccines and to guarantee what they call fair and equitable access for every country in the world. 
And again, think about this. Who is, who is a big player at the highest level, the World Economic Forum? It's, it's big pharma. They are right there. COVAX was set up as a multi-stakeholder group by two other multi-stakeholder groups. It, stakeholder groups, stakeholder groups, multi-stakeholder groups. Anyway, uh, the two groups are Gavi, Gavi, which is the Vaccine Alliance, and SEPI, uh, which is the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. These, well, SEPI, both of these, Gavi and SEPI, have strong ties with not just the World Economic Forum, but you can do your research on this yourself. Uh, they also have strong ties with Bill and Melinda Gates and their foundation. And both are connected to companies like Pfizer and GlaxoSmithKline and AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson. So again, this really starts to get complicated, but COVAX was set up by the World Economic Forum and it includes, it includes, just trying to get through the rhetoric and make this simple for all of us, it includes Gavi, that's a stakeholder group, and CEPI, that's a stakeholder group, in partnership with the World Health Organization, and Gavi and CEPI have strong ties with Bill and Melinda Gates. And both of those acronym groups are also connected to Pfizer and all the big pharma organizations. How is COVAX set up? Or I should say, better yet, how is COVAX funded? How is it funded? <laughs> it's funded by governments. The United States government gives money to COVAX. It, <laughs> it's just amazing the direction in which we're going. And in this world being put together by the World Economic Forum and their Great Reset, you have no say. You have absolutely no say other than this. They want your tax money. So pay up. Write the check. Because that money is going to places like COVAX so they can organize this, this, this multi-stakeholder group in which Bill and Melinda Gates are involved. Friends, this, this is the world in which we live. And it's so complex and there are so many layers and there's so many, so many things going on behind our back. And can I tell you something at the, at the very root of all of this, you'll find Satan himself. Satan is more intelligent than any human being. He has had a plan for the longest time, but he's also read the book and he knows that his days are numbered. And that's why one might just want to believe that these are the last of even the end times. But fear not, my friends, because God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us what? What? Power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. The spirit of fear comes from Satan himself. He wants you to be quaking in your boots. No way, Jose. I'm standing firm. Faith, not fear, in the new year. And I want you to as well. These are crazy times. But at the same time, let's look at it this way. These are exciting times. Exciting times. Because what we're seeing here is an opportunity. 
an opportunity for many, many people to wake up from their woke state and come to know Jesus. These really are exciting times. I'm glad to be living in this day and age, and so should you. Take advantage of the opportunity, my friends. Sharpen up on your Bible. Sharpen up on the way in which you can tell somebody about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the one who said, I am the way, truth, and life. Lord, bless all my friends listening right now. And thank you for their support. And by the way, regarding your support, um, I'm not looking for donations, but I am looking for some publicity. So again, if you could just spread the word about the Brian Sussman Show podcast, it's on all the major platforms. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, this is episode 102. Thanks for joining me.